Welcome to Great Loop Radio, brought to you by America's Great Loop Cruisers Association. We're dedicated to sharing Great Loop information and inspiration with those actively cruising, planning for, or dreaming about a Great Loop adventure. This is Kim Russo. I'm the director of AGLCA. Today, we're going to start what will be a series of podcasts on different options for dealing with the upcoming closure of the Illinois waterway that's coming up in 2020. So we're about two years out, but it's certainly something that is of concern for people whose time frame for the Great Loop extends into 2020. And there are several options. The loop is doable in 2020, and we want to start talking about those today. So my guest today is Mike O'Malley, who is, uh, many of you know, as a native Chicagoan, who is also a gold looper. And he is one of several loopers who have emailed me and said, you know, it's really still possible to get through there, even though it would be later in the season. So I asked Mike to join me today so we can talk about some of these options. Um, So today we will be talking about just that, what the schedule would look like, what the stops might look like. Before I bring in Mike, I want to take a moment to recognize and thank our Admiral, Admiral level sponsors who support AGLCA at the highest level. They are Beneteau, Curtis Stokes and Associates, Dog River Marina, Passage Maker Trawler Fest, Skipper Bob Publications, and Waterway Guide Media. As always, we encourage all of our listeners to support these businesses that support the Great Loop. Mike O'Malley, thanks for joining me again on Great Loop Radio. Oh, you're welcome, Kim. I'm glad to be here. But before we start, I need to tell you this one bit of this Saturday, November Mm -hmm. 3rd, we're hoping to launch My Sharona on Lake Michigan and take it down the Chicago River. It's supposed to be light winds and 55 degrees. So yes, people do boat on Lake Michigan in November. There you go, and it's good to know. Um, And I have been um, admonished slightly (laughs) by some of our loopers um, because the the going theory a few years ago had really been to be off Lake Michigan around Labor Day. And since then, more and more loopers are kind of meandering on the Great Lakes and spending a little bit more time and getting to Chicago a little bit later. And because that's already the trend, that makes it not as big of a stretch for people who might be considering waiting out the lot closures in 2020 and and proceeding after that. So we're going to talk about what something like that might look like. But before we kind of jump into how to do that, just for those who aren't completely familiar with the situation with the lock closure in 2020, the Corps of Engineers has announced that six of the locks on the Illinois waterway will close, um, essentially shutting down that waterway from July 1st of 2020 through October 31st of 2020, which of course is the primary season that most loopers would be coming through there. So it's created a lot of questions and a lot of angst. Um, There are several different possibilities that, as I mentioned, we'll be exploring over the next uh, few weeks to few months. Um, Some of them include building in a lot of side trips and then storing the boat for the winter. So we'll talk about what side trips are available. We'll talk about how to store your boat and prep it for winter storage in one of our episodes. Some are talking about doing in the loop clockwise, which would be different and unique, and we'll be doing an episode on that. Uh, Some, depending on the boat, are talking about pulling the boat from the water and trucking it to avoid the Illinois waterway. So we'll we'll have an episode that covers that as well. Um, But today we're going to start with the idea of just simply waiting till those locks open. So as I said, Mike had emailed me about this possibility. He's also done a lot of research, which I really appreciate. Um, So... 
probably the place to start if you're going to try and wait it out is Hammond Marina, which is in Hammond, Indiana, which is basically a Chicago suburb. Um, they are an AGLCA sponsor and many loopers have been through there many times. Mike, tell us a little bit about Hammond um, and why it seems to be a good choice. I know you and I both sp spoke to Jamie there for some details, but tell us why that's kind of a good choice to start this waiting it out process if you're waiting for the locks to open. Well, the Hammond Marina actually sits in Indiana, and it's it's a little bit of a jaunt to the Cal Sag to get onto the river system. But I have to tell you, they are so nice down there. They are so pro AGLCA and people doing the loop. They're going to bend over to help us in any way possible. Now, this marina stays open year-round. They do have people who live there all year long, even in February when it's 20 degrees outside in Chicago and snowing. And they have their bathrooms open. They have a lunch counter open. They usually close it at the end of October. They're thinking about keeping it open into November to service the AGLCA looper people who are going to be there. And it's probably the most economical marina in the Chicago area to stay at. Well, and that's a good point because um, obviously there are marinas in Chicago proper that you can spend some time while you're waiting to the lot to reopen they're going to cost substantially more just right off the bat but one of the things Hammond told me that they do um, into that time of year is offer you know discounts of up to 25 percent off their normal dockage rate so it's going to be a lot more cost effective to wait in Hammond if, if that's your choice of what to do um, and Mike you mentioned that they're open year-round um, at some point they depending on the weather and, and how soon it gets cold, they do shut off the water to the individual slips. But um, Mike, I know they spoke to you and they spoke to me too about some of the options, even when the water at your slip does does shut off, there's ways you can go about dealing with that. Tell us about some of them. So while they will shut off the water because of the freezing issue, the electric will always be running. So that's one thing. So you can run your heaters and you can stay warm. But what happens is you can just idle over, you'll have to cast off those lines, idle over to the fuel dock, and you can pump out and refill your water tanks. And no issues with that. They'll make sure that someone's there to help you do that. You just have to set it up with the office ahead of time so it's all taken care of. But, again, they have full use of the showers and the restrooms that anyone, you don't have to worry about pumping a lot of water through, which makes right. it really nice. It does. And for those maybe who have not been through this area, Mike, um, tell us a little bit, you know, how far is it from Chicago? Because if you're waiting for, you know, a few weeks or a month, you're going to want some things to do perhaps and some visits to Chicago might be a great option. Tell us a little bit about the trip from Hammond to Chicago. Is it a difficult trip? Is there public transportation? Well, there's a couple ways to do it. And one is they're about three miles to the um, train station. And mm -hmm. there's a train that will go right from Hammond to Millennium Park. Um, that costs about, depending on your age, if you're doing it during the week or in the weekend, anywhere from $7 to $9. Now, I'm quoting 2018 rates. We don't know what the rates are going to be in 2020. Right. Now, it's about 19 miles from Hammond to downtown Chicago to the Hancock building. That's what I judge the miles on. Mm -hmm. Now, you could also take an Uber. Um, and an Uber would be $49 right now, 
in an Uber XL, which would take up to six people, is $69 one way. And so if you go three miles from the harbor to the train station, then the train station in the Millennium Park, and then another cab to get up to Michigan Avenue, it may be more worthwhile for four or six loopers to get together and share that Uber to get to downtown Chicago and back again. And not that you have to do everything together in Chicago, but it's a way, you know, to save money. There's also a rent-a-car nearby that if you wanted to rent cars, you can rent cars. There's no fee to park the cars there, so that's easily enough to get around. Um, and you can do other sightseeing around the Chicago land area. Um, in Indiana, there's a place called Shipshawani, which is an um, Amish village where they have the Amish furniture and they participate in the Amish life and there's an Amish restaurant there. So that's something fun to go see. And you can go mm -hmm. up to Battle Creek, Michigan, home of Kellogg cereal. So there's a lot of things we can put out there in the future of things to do in a car so you're not just sitting in a marina for 30 days. But the biggest right. thing is right at the Hammond Marina is a riverboat casino. <laughs> so right. everyone could either win their fortune or lose their fortune <laughs> during those 30 days. <laughs> right. Well, and of course, with the casino comes some restaurants and things like that as well. So, and I have been to Hammond and immediately outside the marina and the casino area, there's not a whole lot to, to Hammond immediately. Right. Um, but there are, you are close enough to cities and, and there's a little bit going on right there at the marina. So it's, it's certainly a viable option. Now, the waterway should be completely open by November 1st, Mike. And you know, I think you and I have both thrown out during this conversation, waiting in Hammond for about a month. Um, so tell us from your experience a little bit about what people should expect. Is your recommendation, and I know that's a little bit difficult to say because everybody's boat is different, everybody's experience is different. Um, what's the weather typically like in this area and on Lake Michigan as we get through October, would you recommend that people try to be at Hammond in early October and then wait, you know, till November, or is it a possibility they could push it a little bit further into October? Um, you know, best guess, we're talking about two years away and so much is going to depend on the weather that year. But from your experience, what are your thoughts? Well, what I would think is I would explore um, the western side of Michigan and then in the August, September time period, and then I'd go over and explore the eastern side of Lake Michigan up through Wisconsin. And then because we're not in a rush, we know we don't need to be to Hammond October 31st, I would take my time getting to Hammond and exploring. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, we're never in a rush knowing that we can't go past October 31st. And we usually, on Lake Michigan at that time, if we have rough seas, it only lasts for maybe five, six days at the most, and then we'll have three or four days of calm seas. So this is kind of like crossing the Gulf of Mexico. You, you could be in Milwaukee and wait out the time to come down to Chicago or go to Hammond. And now the Chicago marinas, they all close October 31st. And then Burnham Harbor, which is right near Soldiers Field, will allow boats to stay into mid-November 
and then they have some special boats that are year-round touring boats that can go past that. So mm -hmm. the thing is, an itinerary can be planned where you do both sides of Lake Michigan and then drag your feet get into Hammond as opposed to sitting in Hammond for 30 days. Like I said, Lake Michigan is supposed to be beautiful this Saturday, November 3rd, um, and we're going out. And so mm -hmm. there are a lot of good days in October and November that you can go boating on Lake Michigan. It's not a right. turned up lake the entire month. Well, and another thing to consider, too, is that um, marinas, including Hammond, typically have a very attractive monthly rate. Um, and so it may be worth it to go ahead and stay at Hammond for a month um, and explore from there. Day trips by boat or by car. Um, rental cars too. Most people don't usually explore renting a car for a month, but the rates can get very attractive. Um, and it also may be a good time if, if you plan to take some trips home, there's always the opportunity to leave the boat for a week or two weeks at Hammond and, and take a trip home. And the people um, at Hammond are that nice that they would keep an eye on your boat. Plus you're going to have a bunch of other fellow loopers there who will also keep an eye on your boat. So right. this is this is something that the, Hammond says they will work with the AGLC and the loopers to make sure that they have a positive, great experience with this situation. Right. So let's talk a little bit more about the lock schedule, because there is potentially some opportunity to proceed at least part of the way in the Illinois River prior to November 1st. Um, and there's kind of a lot of what ifs surrounding this and it, the picture will become more clear as we get closer to the time frame. But the first two locks outside of Chicago are not going to be closed. Um, and that would be the uh, O'Brien lock and the Lockport lock and dam. So those first two are remaining open the whole time. Now, if you're familiar with the area, you know that's not a whole lot of distance outside of Chicago. Um, and typically the first stop for a lot of people outside of Chicago would be the Joliet free wall. Um, that is not going to be able to take a lot of people waiting to proceed. Um, the, the first lock that is affected by the closure is the Brandon road lock and dam, which is in Joliet. The way that is planned is most of the time of the closure for Brandon road, which is at mile 286 and Dresden Island, which is at mile 271. Most of that time period, that July 1st through October 31st time period, it's a partial closure. What partial closure typically means is that they're doing work during the day and the lock is closed. And then before and after those daytime, that daytime work, they are locking traffic through. It can be challenging and it's probably not the ideal situation for loopers to be on the river at night. Um, and also not ideal because there will be barge traffic trying to get through at that time. All we can really base it on is past partial closures like that. And it is fairly typical for the lock masters to lock through some pleasure craft on the first lockage when the lock opens for the evening. So if they stop work at five or six, it's very typical for a group of pleasure craft to get to go through first because they know they're going to be spending the whole night locking through um, some of the commercial traffic. Same thing goes for kind of the last lockage before they close it for the day to do the work. So if you're up early and, and get an early morning departure to hit the lock early, there's some potential to lock through in the morning as well. Um, 
of course, all of that is up to the lockmaster, so you need to consider that. Um, but as of October 1st, those two locks should be, according to the schedule, on partial closure. So there's some potential that you can proceed through there. Um, we have spoken to all of the marinas, and there aren't a lot of them in this area, but all of the marinas through that area. And probably at this point, it's looking like the best option if you want to start south um, during those partial closures as of October 1st. Um, Springbrook Marina. Um, and Mike and I have chatted a little bit about the options at Springbrook. And there's, uh, you know, certainly some opportunity there, but some question marks as well that will have to do with the weather. Um, Mike, why don't you kind of start us there a little bit, if you would, about your thoughts on Springbrook? So Springbrook is a very nice marina. Uh, they do a lot of marketing and advertising in the Chicagoland area, and they sell boats. A lot of people who have bought boats for them, from them, use them on Lake Michigan. So they're going to they're tied up with not being able to bring their boat down to Springbrook so that after October 31st date also. Now there's also right in the same area Heritage Harbor Marina which a lot of loopers have spent some time at and they're also a very nice marina. Um and we can talk to them. They've always been really helpful with the loopers getting on through. But the thing is, you would be a little bit further south, and it would be the difference in temperature from Chicago there is maybe five degrees at the most. But you're now right. stock, stopped at the um, Starved Rock because Starved Rock's not going to be open to October 31st. So you're exactly. So you're never going to get any further south than Heritage Marina or Springbrook Marina. Well, and the other thing I want to mention, and unless my information is incorrect, Mike, but from what I have, from what I've seen, what I can tell, their Marseille's lock is actually between Springbrook and Heritage Harbor. Right. Um, and and Marseille's to... is another, that's another question mark. You know, their closure is listed, the schedule is between 90 and 120 days. So the 90 day mark would be October 1st. The 120-day mark would be October 31st or November 1st. So, you know, there is some possibility if the work, work at Marseilles finishes on the early side of that schedule um, that you could proceed during October all the way to Heritage Harbor, which is mile 242. They're another AGLCA sponsor, very willing to work with us, and it's also another nice stop. Um so it's certainly a safe and comfortable place to wait until November 1st when you can proceed all the way. Um, Starved Rock and a little further down LaGrange are the two that are projected to be full closure for the full 120 days. Um, so you will not be able to get further than Starved Rock. Um, so I want to take a quick break now, Mike, and play a message from one of our sponsors. But when we come back, I do want to continue this talk a little bit about the schedule. Um, and the idea that you could proceed south, um, at least as far as Heritage Harbor, and we'll, we'll toss around some other ideas with that. We'll be back in a moment. The new MJM-50Z is the most technologically advanced production motor yacht available. First worldwide to incorporate a Seakeeper gyro stabilizer as standard equipment to virtually eliminate roll in waves underway or at anchor. And in June 2015, the first to include fully opening power windshields for control of fresh airflow. 
MJMs are unique in the industry, built of environmentally clean, stronger and lighter epoxy composites in the USA. Owner benefits are significant, a smaller carbon footprint with 50 to 100% better fuel efficiency, a top speed with optional triple IPS 600s of 40 knots and crews of 35 knots, a more responsive, enjoyable driving experience, and greater safety offshore. For more information, visit them on the web at www.mjmyachts.com. We're back on Great Loop Radio. My guest today is Mike O'Malley, who is a gold looper from Chicago. And we are discussing the possibility of proceeding through the Illinois Waterway in 2020 um, and continuing the loop just simply by waiting out the fall and waiting until the locks reopen. Um, So, Mike, we kind of, as we took that break, we were talking a little bit about the possibility. Um, One option we've discussed pretty much at length in this episode is just waiting it out in Chicago. A great great, uh, possibility in Chicago is Hammond um, and then waiting till November 1st to leave Hammond. Another possibility is to leave prior to November 1st, perhaps sometime in October, um, and get as far as Springbrook Marina. Um, wait on the Marseilles lock to open, which could be as early as October 1st, could be as late as November 1st, um, and then proceed through there to Heritage Harbor. Um, and at that point, you've still got, you know, 250 miles or so to go to get to the upper, uh, to the Mississippi. Um, so that, that you know, the idea of leaving Hammond before November 1st brings in a whole lot of other questions in terms of, you know, how easily will you lock through during the partial closures at the first two locks? Um, when will Marseilles be ready and open? And those are kind of the gray area. Um, any additional thoughts on that, Mike? Yeah. Um, the thing is, we're always tied up with Starbrock October 31st and LaGrange October 31st. Yep. So the thing is, you can get yourself down Stay at, you know, Springbrook Marina, be stationed there. So on October 31st, when Starb Rock opens up, you can hopefully start heading south from that date. That would pick you. Right. You'd be a couple days ahead of the rest of the group. But on the same note, going back to what we talked about before, you know, if you just stay in Hammond, use that time to go home or explore, explore Indiana, Illinois, Wisconsin, or Michigan by car. It's not, mm-hmm. or go home. You know, you get, right. there's a lot of stuff you can do in 30 days, and you can be leaving your boat in a very, very safe um, place. Right. And I think one of the concerns that people have with leaving Chicago as late as November 1st is that there won't be facilities open. And we are talking to these facilities. We are working with them to, you know, make sure that there will be possibilities. Uh, so keep that in mind. Um, you know, there is certainly kind of a risk reward opportunity with leaving Hammond before or somewhere else in Chicago before November 1st and seeing how far you can proceed. Um, you know, the farthest you will get most likely is is going to be Heritage Harbor, um, which, as Mike said, puts you a few days ahead of others, but not too too much further. I think um, the best thing on this would be figure out how many loopers this is really going to affect and how many loopers want to have Hammond Harbor as a staging area. And Mm -hmm. if we have 40 boats or 50 boats or 70 boats, then we as a group, and 
the people from Chicago, these loopers from Chicago, are willing to help on this. We can reach out to these marinas along the river and explain to them, we got X amount of boats coming down. We're going to need water, we're going to need pump out, and we're going to be buying a lot of gas and diesel. And now this is gravy for that because their season's basically over at this time of year, and it's Mm -hmm. worthwhile for them to stay open. Um, Tall Timbers Marina, to give you an idea, I came down the second week of October, and they actually are closed during the week. And I called them, not knowing that they were closed during the week. Guy was great. He sent someone over to open up just to pump us. And we we only, I'm using gasoline. We took 50 gallons of gas. And he made some money, and they were real congenial and really nice, and we continued on. So I think these marinas, once we know exactly how many boats we're working with, will will bend over to help us because this is what this organization do. We tell other people for the year after the year after that how great this marina was to help us out in a bad situation, and it's the best form of advertising they could ever do. It is, and and you know I think. Marinas in general are generally willing to help and and want to help. So, like I said, we've already reached out to all of the marinas in this area. Um, they're aware of our concerns and questions. Um, some of them are already extremely helpful. Some are kind of waiting since it's still two years out to to see what they can really think of to do. Um, but Mike is right. What AGLCA can do to support you in this effort is help coordinate the staging and then the moving forward. Because if there are, you know, for example, 100 boats waiting at Hammond, they can't all leave on November 1st because as you get downriver, there's got to be a place for you to stop for the night safely. And 100 boats can't stop at the Joliet Wall the first night outside of Chicago. Um, And we actually had a situation, a completely different reason, Um, but several years ago, most of our current members probably weren't even aware of this, but there was a big flood situation through um, this area and through the inland rivers. And because most of the marinas there are not large in size or don't have a lot of transient slips, the... um, when the river was closed for the flooding, loopers started to stack up. So we had, you know, a a large number of boats that wanted to move through as soon as the river opened, but it was just was not going to be feasible. So we were able to kind of organize the boats who wanted to go, go through, find out how much dockage was available downriver from there and kind of stage everybody. So it wasn't just a, a, a huge bottleneck as you got to those locks that were finally opened or a huge bottleneck when you get to a certain marina. So that's what we're looking to do. Um, And part of the reason we're starting all of this information sharing two years in advance is to start to get you all thinking about what the options are and what might work best for you and then start communicating that to us so we can start to organize the effort. Because our effort on your behalf is going to be a lot different if there's five boats who want to do what we're talking about today and kind of wait for the river to reopen versus if there's a hundred. Um, and even to the extent of planning AGLCA's fall rendezvous, we can do that a lot differently depending on how people are planning to handle this 2020 situation. So that's kind of the reason for all of the the information coming out early. And we know you have lots of questions. Um, and this is purely speculation on on my part, Mike, but you and I kind of touched on this. Um, My expectation is that the Corps is highly likely to make their November 1st opening date 
if not beat that. Um, we know that core projects can often tend to run late, but my personal opinion is that this one is just too big for them to be risking not opening when they said. I think they've probably built in a little bit of wiggle room. What What are your thoughts, Mike? Um, yes, I agree with that. They're going to be having different construction companies at each of the locks doing the work that needs to be done, and they're highly motivated because not only is it impacting the loopers, it's impacting commerce. And our salt that we use on our roadways here in Chicago all comes up the Illinois River. And they need those salt deliveries. And they bring concrete up. They need that. Asphalt, they need that. So there's all kinds of items that need to be shipped up and then also shipped back down because we have the container ships that come in through the St. Lawrence Seaway down here and they offload onto the barges and then they take them down south from there. So this is a very important commerce area and they're under the gun to get it done and they're planning this out two years in advance so they have everything in place the right way. So my thought is, yes, this is going to be done and it's going to be done either on time or very, very close on time. Yeah. And in, in talking with this schedule, um, with the people managing the project, um, you know, trying to express how bad this schedule was um, for loopers, um, they explained that this is the only time of the year they can do it because they are sandwiching it in between what is typically um, kind of the spring flood season and the height of the grain shipping season, which the waterway is critical for. And they also can't do the work in freezing temperatures because they're pouring concrete. Um, you know, they, they said if they tried to do it in freezing temperatures, they would have to build structures over the locks and heat them. So you can only imagine what that could cost. So obviously they're looking to avoid that. So they have some of the same concerns about the weather that loopers would have as it moves later and later into the fall. Um, now, I'm, I would never sit here and tell you that it's going to be open before the November 1st, so be ready. Um, but there is that possibility. So if you're waiting it out in Hammond and the waterway does open earlier, you may be ready to go and you may be able to get on your way a little bit sooner than that. On the opposite side of that, we are two years out. A lot of this is weather dependent. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, as in most things with boating, if this is going to be your plan, you probably want to have a plan B in mind as well in case something does happen and the maintenance isn't done um, and you end up having to store the boat or something along that line. So each captain and each vessel is going to have to make their own decision on what their plan for 2020 will be. Mike and I are just kind of trying to show you that this is a possibility. Um, you know, again, plan for a plan B, but we've kind of walked you through how far you can get when. Um, you certainly can't get through Starved Rock until it opens, again, scheduled for November 1st. Um, but once you get below that, you really are getting to the areas where marinas are open year round. Yes, it will be colder than it would be if you were going through a month or six weeks earlier. So plan for that as well. Um, oh, here, but as I said, we will work good, to make. Yeah, that's, go ahead. A, that's a good point. So the thing is, go out and buy or if you go home to visit, come back and bring your ski gloves, bring your winter hat, bring a winter coat, bring in some long underwear, get the layers and you're going to be warm. And mm -hmm. I did, like I said, the second week of October, 
we got from Chicago down to Aquayat Harbor, you know, just south, just above the Tom Bigby Waterway. But then I didn't do the Tom Bigby Waterway till the first, till right after Thanksgiving. And we had, we were just in lightweight coats and sweatshirts, and we were warm. We had great weather. Mm -hmm. So just as you get further south, it will continue to get warmer. And we had a good crossing, crossing the Gulf um, in December. So it's just that, you know, time period where you could get some cold, you could get a little frost, but... You know, we had frost a week ago, and the next day it was 55 degrees. So, you know, it just vacillates back and forth. You just never know. So it's just being prepared, having the right clothing to wear to keep you warm, have a raincoat in case it rains, and just be prepared. Right. Yep. And we know people have concerns about facilities closing as it gets later into the fall. As we said, we're working with those kind of along the Illinois waterway um, and just below that to make sure that they can still be open when loopers are coming through. So we'll make sure we can get you to graft and we can get you to hoppies. And once you get below there, you're really talking about areas of the country where the boating season is year round. The marinas don't close and you should have no fine, no trouble finding dockage and fuel and the other things that you might need. Um, so hopefully we've given you some food for thought. Um, if you have any questions, you can email me at krusso, that's K-R-U-S-S-O at greatloop.org. Um, you can call me at 843-879-5030. Um, at this point, we're not quite looking to start collecting a list of who's planning this because I think it's really just a little bit too far out. But if you want to drop me a note and say, this sounds like a possibility for me, I'll keep a file of those. And as we get closer to 2020, we will start to be looking for our members to tell us what their plans are going to be. Um, So we are just about out of time. Mike, any final thoughts or anything we didn't cover? I think this will all work out and you're going to have a great time doing the loop. Excellent. Mike, thank you for the research that you did in front of this. Um, Thank you for the suggestions and thank you for joining us so we could share them with the rest of the group. You're welcome. And we will be back next week with another episode of Great Loop Radio. Thank you to those who have joined us. Until next week, safe cruising.